welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolias First. For more information, visit www.magnoliasfirst.org. Well, good morning, First Family. I am excited to be leading you today, and we want to welcome you to M1 Online. We're so pumped. Lord, that you decided to join us today. And we're going to be wrapping up our series entitled Hebrews, Enough is Enough. And each week, the pastors and I, we've been trying to show you different verses from the book of Hebrews and trying to explain and trying to convey that Jesus is enough, that he is all that we need. And this morning, I, I want to talk about something uh, that we try to avoid, honestly, uh, that we try to avoid at all costs. I, I want to talk about weakness, and I want to talk about failure. And, and our, our big idea for the day, the one thing that I want you to walk away from with this morning is this, is that in weakness, we find our true strength. And, and this sounds very counterintuitive. If, counterintuitive, and I, I get it, I understand, how can we be weak and strong at the same time? And that is what I want to try to convey today. That, that's my goal for this morning, is I want to look at Scripture, and I want to begin to unpack how we turn weakness into strength. And many of you listening to this sermon have kind of followed along with the, our journey with our daughter Addison over the past couple years. And, uh, but if you don't know, on October the 23rd of 2018, our daughter Addison was diagnosed with aplastic anemia. And basically what that means is that her bone marrow just simply stopped working. We don't know why, we don't know what caused it, but it just stopped working. And, and what that meant is that uh, your bone marrow, if you don't understand, it is the thing that basically creates the blood in your body. It creates your white blood cells. It, it, it creates this thing called ANC that kind of helps your body fight against disease and bacteria and sickness. And so hers just stopped working. And so as we begin to understand what that meant, we found out that she was going to need a bone marrow transplant to save her life. And we found out that of the 14 million people in the world that are on the bone marrow transplant, uh, transplant registry, that there was not a match for Addison. And so we would have to do a transplant between uh, her family members, either her uh, mom, her, her twin sister, Harper, or myself. And so to, to say the least, this was the uh, hardest season of our entire lives. Eric and I, almost on a daily basis, had to make decisions on how to move forward with Addison's care. And we saw treatment after treatment fail. We saw transplant after transplant fail. And people would ask us all the time, Jeff, how are you holding it all together? How, how, how are you so strong? How are you getting through this? <laughs> Can I let you in on a little secret? We didn't. <laughs> we couldn't hold it all together. We weren't strong. There were numerous times, more times than I can count, that Eric and I stayed up all night long when we're in the hospital, just praying to God, 
saying, God, will you just get us through this? God, will you take this away? Will, will this treatment, will this transplant finally work? And time and time again, he didn't answer our prayers. And so for me, I, I became angry and I started to try to control the situation. I said, God, will you just take this away? Will you heal our daughter? And over and over again, he didn't. And for a very long time, I tried to hold it all together. I tried to be strong. I tried to put on a brave face for my family. But the truth was, is that my human strength could only go so far. And for me, there was a breaking point in my soul. We had just found out that the second transplant with her twin sister Harper had failed and we were gonna have to go into a third transplant very quickly. And for me, I, I, I broke down. I, I, I told Erica, I, I looked at her in the face and I said, I can't do this anymore. I don't know how much longer I can go. My fake strength, my brave face had run out. And it was at this point, more than a year into our journey, that I discovered that my weakness could turn into a strength. But I needed to stop trying to control the situation myself because that only left me angry and afraid. I had to rely on the strength of Jesus. Before we get into our text this morning, I, I want to be very clear about something. Weakness is not sinning. Weakness is not sinful in and of itself. It can definitely lead to sin. Like in our journey with Addison, for me, I was trying to control the situation. I was trying to control the doctors. I was trying to control the nurses. I was trying to control Addison. And that only left me angry and empty and full of fear. See, God never intended for me to handle this situation the way that I did. He intended for me to find my strength from his strength. I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going, to be in ver we're going to start in verse 14. This is what it says. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe— in truth, we could spend all of our time today talking about the magnitude of this one verse. We could spend an entire series talking about the priesthood of God. And to give you a little bit of a context here, in the Old Testament, the high priest was the person who mediated, who stood before God on behalf of the Israelites. The high priest, he was the one that on the Day of Atonement, once a year, he would enter into the Holy of Holies and he would sprinkle the blood of the sacrificed lamb on the altar to signify the covering of the sins of the Israelites. See, this verse is so powerful because when Jesus died on the cross, 
He made a way for us to come to God. And now because of his death on the cross and three days later arising from the grave, he now stands before God on our behalf. See, Jesus is enough. He is all that we need. Let's continue in verse 15. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. I love this verse so much because not only is Jesus our great high priest, that mediator between us and God, he also understands our weaknesses. He understands our failures. He understands when we're physically too weak to go on and we have nothing left to give. He understands that. He understands our failure and when we fall into temptation, he understands that. He understands our limitations. For he went through and faced all of them, but yet he did not sin. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. A lot of people, when they read this verse, they say, well, well Jeff, I understand what you're saying. Jesus, he, he went through all the same things that we do. He faced all the trials, all the tribulations, and he didn't sin. But, but he's God. Of course he's not going to sin. But I am not God. Can I tell you, that is precisely the point. That, that is the point of this is that we are to look at this first from the perspective of Jesus and who he is and what he has done. We don't look at this first and say, well, you know, I, I'm not God, so I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to sin. I'm going to fall into temptation. So that's just what it is. No, we're to look at this verse through the lens, through the perspective of Jesus's priesthood, not our weakness. And another aspect of this verse that is just so powerful is that we're not alone. That we're not alone. That Jesus has faced what we're facing. He's been through it. He's conquered every trial, every, every tribulation, every trouble. He has went through them. He has conquered them on our behalf. Therefore, because what Jesus has done, we can boldly approach the throne of grace. That in those moments where we need his mercy and his grace the most, we don't hide. We run to the foot of the cross. We approach him and say, God, I need you in this situation. I am too weak. I need you. We don't need to hide our weakness. We don't need to hide our failures. He understands and knows them. There's no need to act like they don't exist. So what do we do? We simply step into that space where we are not enough and we say, Jesus, I need you to be enough. 
I, I can't go on. I can't walk another step. And we draw our strength from his strength. See, when we put the focus on Jesus being enough, we understand that we are going to fail. We understand that we are too weak. And we begin to understand, we begin to realize that God knew we were going to be too weak. And he sent Jesus to make a way to bring us back into relationship with God the Father. That's what makes the cross so incredibly beautiful is that Jesus' death and resurrection made a way when there was no way. That Jesus died and he took the punishment that was meant for us so that he could bring us to God, so that he could be that mediator that when God looks at us, he only sees Jesus. So, that we could boldly approach the throne of grace. See, we live in a culture that has almost convinced us to hide our sin, to hide our weakness, to hide our failure, to not let anyone know the truth about us. And somewhere along the way, as Christ followers, have kind of let that enter our hearts and we've let that enter our minds. And we look, we look at God and we think he's the same as culture. That as soon as we clean up what's going on over here, we don't want to let anyone know the stuff that's hidden back over here. And that once we take care of that stuff, then we can come to God and worship. Then we can be used by God. But not until I take care of this stuff first. It was never meant to be that way. God never intended for us to live that way. It's time to stop hiding. And it's time to boldly approach the throne of grace. See, some of you listening to this sermon right now, you've yet to make a decision about Jesus, and that's totally fine. I am so glad that you were here today. I'm so glad that you're listening today. But can I tell you something if that's you right now? God wants to take your pain he wants to take your failure. He wants to take your hopelessness and he wants to give you hope. He wants to give you a future. He wants to take away the things you're ashamed of and he wants to give you his son. See, the truth is, is that whether you're a Christ follower or not, God can take away every failure, every weakness, and he can use those for his glory. I want you to think about this. Our weakness and our failures do not define us, nor do they disqualify us. See, so often we think that what we've done is who we are. And, and we think that what we've done disqualifies us from being used by God. That's not true. In fact, when we begin to come clean, God can begin to use us for his glory. When we stop hiding our weakness, God goes to work. Turn with me quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll pick it up in verse 8. And I want to look briefly at how Paul interacts and reacts to weakness. Because it's very powerful, and it gives us a roadmap for how we begin to turn weakness into a strength. This is what it says. 
Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in my insults and in hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In this verse, Paul is talking about what talking about what many believe to be an optical issue that Paul viewed as a weakness, that, that he viewed as something that was hindering him from further ministry. And so he would pray and he would ask God, hey, take this away so I can do more work for you. But Jesus's response is so incredible. God's response is so incredible. He says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. See, so often we get caught up in the trap of boasting about the wrong things. We boast about our accomplishments. We boast about the things that we've done that we're proud of. We, we boast about our strength and how we have it all together when maybe in reality we're, we're kind of don't and we're putting on that front. See, Paul shows us something very different. He tells us to boast about our weakness, to boast about our troubles, to boast about our persecutions and the trials that we're going through in the areas that we don't really know what to do, in the areas that we're weak. Why? So that the power of Christ can work through us. So the power of God can begin to work through us. See, if you're like me, you, you spend so much of your time and your energy trying to convince everyone that you have it all together. I, I, I've lived that life for the last two years, trying to convince myself and convince others that I have it all together. I get stuck in that trap all the time, and anyone who's ever been there, you know how exhausting it can be. When you spend 24 hours out of your day trying to convince people that you have it all together. See, culture will say, don't show any weakness. Don't let anyone see you sweat. Don't let anyone know that you have failure in your life. But then we look at scripture and Jesus says, come to me all who are weary. I want to read Matthew chapter 11 and we'll pick it up in verse 28. And I want you to listen to the words of Jesus, and I want them to wash over you. This is what it says. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. This verse is so life-giving, so refreshing. And everyone listening to this sermon right now or watching online, I want you to take a deep breath. 
I'm going to read this verse one more time, and I want you to just let this verse just wash over you like a wave of rest. It says, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. If you're weak this morning, if you're carrying a heavy burden right now, and as if you listened to that verse, it was refreshing to you, or maybe you have failure in your life, or maybe you have something that you're just trying to hide, Jesus is enough. He wants to take away your burdens and give you rest. So it's time to lay down our burdens, lay down our weakness, lay down our failures at the feet of Jesus and pick up his strength, pick up his rest. If we were truly honest with ourselves, guys, and we're willing to admit it to ourselves, none of us show everyone the real us. You know, we, we might show some people bits and pieces of ourselves, and there might be people that are a little closer to us that we know a little bit better, that know the tr- a little bit more of the truth about ourselves. But every one of us, we, we have these things that we're kind of hiding behind us. And so often we find ourselves living behind a mask. And all of us have kind of... Uh, begin to understand what that means to live behind a mask in the face of the COVID pandemic. But I want you to think about this for a second. If I were to put this mask on right here, would I become a different person? Well, of course not. That's just silly. If I were to put this mask on, would you still be able to recognize me? Well, of course you are. I'm 6'5", 250. I'm a big guy. You, you know who I am. You would easily be able to tell that it was still me behind this mask. So if I couldn't stand up here right now and put this mask on and convince you that I was really Ed or really Milt or, or, or Jesse or Seth or Pastor Steve, if I couldn't convince you of that, why do I think that I can hide behind a mask of fake strength? Why do I think that I could convince you that I have it all together? I wouldn't be fooling you. I definitely wouldn't be fooling God. I would really only be fooling myself. You got to, it's time to stop hiding behind these masks that we wear. It's time to take them off and put them at the feet of Jesus. Because here's the truth. Hiding our weakness doesn't help anyone. It only hurts us. It it, it hurts the ones that we love. It, It hurts our witness to a lost world. It's time to come clean and be honest with our weakness and honest with our failures. And for men, I understand we do not like to show weakness. We want to be strong. We want to have it all together. That's exactly how I am. 
I mean, over these past couple years, when we were so many times we were in the hospital and, and Erica would call me or we'd be there together and she'd say, hey, Jeff, how are you doing with all this? And I'd say, well, I'm doing fine. I've, I've got it all together. This is, God is good. This is, all, this is all in his plan. I would say all the right things, but in my heart, I didn't believe them. I didn't fully believe them. I would tell her it's okay. When in reality, I was full of anger and fear. I was trying to control everything and everyone. So what do I want you to do with this information? What do I want you to do with this sermon? Honestly, I hope you never have to reach a breaking point like Eric and I reached. But can I tell you something that's not going to make sense right now? These last two years with our daughter Addison... It's the best thing that's ever happened to us. It's the best thing that's ever happened to my marriage with Erica. It's the best thing that's ever happened with my family and our kids. It's the best thing that's ever happened to our personal ministry. Because we, with our personal ministry, with our family and friends, because we have a story of how we were completely weak and had nothing to give and God showed up. And God did a miracle in our daughter's life. See, here's something that's crazy. During our second transplant, when we found out that it failed and we'd have to get a third transplant, our circumstances didn't change. In fact, the third transplant was the hardest by far. I was the least likely candidate. They didn't want to use me at all because of the high risk that it posed uh, to Addison. I was the least likely candidate of a transplant for Addison. Using me, we had to go through uh, deciding whether we would use experimental transplant number one that had never been done before or experimental transplant number two that had never been done before. We had to decide which experimental drugs that we would use to save her life. We had to decide, would we stay at Texas Children's or would we go up to Boston Children's? The decisions and the circumstances did not change, but God changed us in the circumstances. Before where we would fake strength and we would fake peace, we had actual peace and actual strength. We had an understanding that God was fully in control. And I wished I had that same understanding the whole time, but I didn't. Because I was putting on a mask. I was hiding behind a strength that was not real. So, so you might be sitting there like, well, what changed? For me, it was simple. I opened up with Erica about how I was really feeling. I opened up with Pastor Ed and I opened up with Pastor Milton and I shared with them my brokenness and my shame for how I was treating the doctors and the treating the nurses because I was acting out of anger. How I was treating my wife and treating my daughters because I was acting out of anger. So I came clean about my weakness. I came clean about my failure. And in that moment of being real for maybe the first time, when I came clean, I was free. 
my weakness began to turn into a strength because I stopped running from my weakness and I embraced it. I stopped running from my failure and I embraced it. So that is what I want you to do today. Stop running from your failures. Stop running from your weakness and stop, start embracing it. I want you to remove the mask of fake strength. I want you to remove the mask of whatever it is you're hiding behind, whatever the truth about yourself that you don't want anyone to know. I want you to remove that and throw it at the feet of Jesus and grab his strength and grab his rest this morning. Because God's power is made perfect in our weakness and he can turn every failure, every weakness into a strength. But it starts with you and it starts with me coming clean. As we come to a close today, I want to share three ways that I believe we can begin to turn weakness into a strength. And these were our next steps for the day. First, Stop hiding your weakness and failure. It's time to come clean and experience the freedom that God has intended for us all along. Second, lay your mask down at the feet of Jesus. We must understand that Jesus is enough for our souls. He is our great high priest. He lived the perfect sinless life on our behalf. We, we aren't fooling anyone. We don't need to fool anyone. We're only hurting ourselves. We're hiding behind a mask. It's time to lay that at the feet of Jesus. Third, today. Today, get with someone you trust and deal with your weakness. I want you before the sun goes down tonight to get with someone that you love, get with someone that you trust and start the conversation about your weakness, about your failure, failures, about the things that you're trying to hide from everyone. I'm not asking you to stand up right where you are and begin to shout to everyone around you what's going on and your deepest, darkest sins and your deepest fears and frustrations and weaknesses. No, I'm not asking you to do that. But I do want you to get with someone that you trust that will help you through that process. We were never meant to hide our weakness and our failure. We were meant to boast about them so that God's power could be made perfect in our weakness. So God could take our weakness and give us his strength so that God could receive the glory that he is due. It's time to come clean. It's time to stop hiding. It's time to realize that Jesus is enough. Let's pray. Father, I just come before you right now, Lord, and and I just want to lay whatever I'm hiding behind at your feet, God. I pray that your spirit would move in the hearts of everyone listening to this sermon 
whether they're a Christ follower, whether they're, they haven't made a decision about you yet. God, I pray that your spirit would move in us so that we could lay our weakness, lay our failure, lay our masks down at your feet, our burdens down at your feet, and that we could find your rest, that we could be honest and open so that your power could come alive in us. God, what we've been doing isn't working. It's time to find the rest and the strength for our souls that you intended for us all along. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Remember, in weakness, we find our true strength. If you need to speak with the pastor right now or, or, or you just want to talk with someone, you want someone to pray for you, please text PRAY to our Get Connected number. If you're watching on m1bc.tv, you can click that live prayer button or you could put a comment in the chat and a pastor would love to speak with you. If you're watching on Facebook, just instant message us or, or you could um, send us a, a message in that comment. We want to talk with you. You're not alone in this. We want to work through this with you. We hope you have a great week and, and thank you so much for joining us this morning.